Rebellions are built on hope. And welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon. Thank you for joining us on another Star Wars Saturday. How are you guys doing? Alt is not here. He's out. He'll be back soon, next week, hopefully, but doesn't matter. We have our friend here, Arzu. Arzu, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a f- weird couple of days, to say the least, yes. but... We're fine. We're here. We're trying to get our mind out of real world things right now. Just I'll talk a little bit Star Wars and have yeah. fun. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I just said at top, Oti won't be able to join us today. He's under the weather. Hopefully he'll be back here next week for our big original trilogy trivia challenge we're yeah. going to have. Also, you'll be here again competing here. next week. It's going to be great. You that's can't gonna get be rid at- of me. No, I know. You're always here. I have a special spot always for you. Uh, that's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern for you guys. So I used to our show at 5. I'll tweet it out 20 times. But next week, 7 p.m., we have a lot of fun. And all right, as always, because we're going to start quick. We gotta. There's a lot of, to talk about today. Kenobi finale. If we we're going to talk Kenobi for the whole season, I needed you here for at least one episode. And it had to be the finale, of course. But before we get to it, make sure that you subscribe to the channel, especially if you're a new follower. Or uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, like this video, like all the our other ones. Comment below if you're watching this later on during the week, and if you're listening to the audio of a podcast when it comes out on Monday, same thing. Leave us a rating, review wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, as always, make sure to follow and help the Amidala Initiative for Equality Texas. Uh, we just said there's a lot of things going on right now for marginalized people, the LGBTQ community, and now with reproductive rights. So, yeah, I don't have a graphic for that, but down in the description of this video, there's a few places you can go and help the National Network of Abortion Funds and the What Choice fundraiser set up by a bunch of Star Wars podcasters, uh, fans out there is doing great. It had a $5,000 go broke that in two hours it's around almost eight thousand dollars now so make sure to help out as you can donate uh, get educated vote anything you can to at least learn what's going out there and then you make your own choice but down in the description of this video you'll find all those links so yeah go out there and help all right and with that said before we go let me see who's here oh can't get rid of him he's still here Otis in the chat, he's right he's still there. The seat yet. Yeah, he we can't get rid of him. It's like the Jedi code is like an itch. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> but Otis sent us four videos of his thoughts of the on the finale. We'll play those as we go. And Obi-Wan! Oh, poor Vader. Dale is here. How are you doing, Dale? And of course, Norhal is here. Hello there. All right, so. If you guys are ready, I'm not ready. Let's talk Star Wars. And yes, we our segment comments on Kenobi. You are all the future. You are the future. You're what needs to survive. Oh man, that 
Just a gut punch to kick things off, huh? I know. Ah, man, it's this series had so many great quotes and little moments, and that one just kind of exemplifies who Kenobi is. But before we get to that, so you had you you went somewhere to see that finale. You were there. (laughs) Not the premiere. What was it like? A a screening of the finale with the Mm -hmm. Q and A. Can you tell us a little bit what that whole experience was like? So in Toronto, um, because Hayden Christensen and Deborah Chow were both from the greater Toronto area, in Toronto, they held a screening, a marathon screening of the whole series. Um, and then they did the finale and then they did a Q&A with Hayden and Deborah. So the cool thing was most people in the theater hadn't seen the finale yet. They mm-hmm. waited to see it like on the big screen. So it was kind of everybody reacting in real time to everything that was going on. And before all of that, because I, I work at Collider, um, mm-hmm. Before that, I got the chance to interview Hayden and Deborah very, very briefly on the red carpet, which was the picture Alberto showed. And it was extremely cool. It was extremely cool. <laughs> oh, I know. Like Sh- Shannon, thanks for being here. Shannon Martin, like she's saying, that picture was epic. It was a great picture. And not just, not just to get a chance to speak with Hayden there, you were also at our celebration. I believe you mm-hmm. got a chance to interview him or you and I talked to Ewan McGregor and Moses Ingram from Kenobi. Come on. Come well, on. There, yeah. How, so basically, how, this past everybody. month, how have you been feeling? Have you come out from that Star Wars eye you still up there? I am in shock. I'm still in shock. Because um, mm-hmm. I've been joking since last year that it was going to do the year of Kenobi this yeah. year. And that's what it was going to be. And I didn't think that this was going to happen, <laughs> sort of, to this extent. So... <laughs> I can't do a year of anything anymore. Nothing's going to top this one. Yeah, I know. You started right at the top, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but no, we're all so proud, so happy just seeing it from out here. Like, I know her. I'm so happy because I know what this character means to you. So, from yes, I'm glad this Thank happened you. to you. So. All right. Well, let's start. Um, before we get to the finale, just your thoughts coming into, like I just mentioned, you're probably one of the biggest Kenobi fans that I know. He's my favorite character, he's Oti's favorite character, and yours, but I think, at least I won't speak for Oti, but at least for myself, I think, if I need some Kenobi thoughts, I'll go to Arzu. What, we know you were very excited for this series. Coming into the finale, how were you feeling for all the previous episodes? Just my impression on the previous episodes, I was extremely happy with them. I loved what they were setting up. I love the story they were telling because I think beforehand we had all sort of thought it was going to be Kenobi on Tatooine for six episodes and we're trying to figure out sort of what does that look like. And then when it became an adventure of him kind of reconnecting with the child of the brother he essentially thought he lost, Mm -hmm. it became such a bigger story than I think I had expected them to give us. And I was absolutely here for the ride. (laughs) Because <laughs> it was it was one of those times where I'm like, I didn't see it coming and I'm glad I didn't see it coming because this is better than what I'd imagined. So I was ready for the finale. I think I was kind of worried that maybe they weren't going to wrap it up as mm-hmm. neatly as they did to maybe like, maybe we'll get a season two or like, I don't know, they were just going to go too big and kind of go against what the rest of the show was. But it didn't. I was very happy with the finale. So, yeah, I mean, I said it last week. I didn't know where things were going to go. I wasn't looking forward to Riva going to Tatooine and involve Luke in all this. I thought, ah, that's going to be difficult to play with. I was mostly focusing on Anakin's and Obi-Wan's interaction, what that was going to be like. That was what the show kind of, I wanted from it. 
So I was a bit scared coming to the finale because we've seen in a bunch of shows in different mediums, the finale doesn't quite hit as we hope. Mm -hmm. But I think overall they did a great job with everything they set up through the season. They didn't leave. Some things are open-ended if you want to talk about the ending actually with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan kind of riding in the EOP to the sunset. There's a lot, right. there's much to do or something like that. What's Riva gonna be up to? Owen and Lars, now they're kind of in charge of Luke without Obi-Wan kind of looking over their shoulders. So there's still possibilities to go forward, but it wasn't an obvious, okay, they just left because it's just gonna be a season two. So I just love the finale in all, love what happened with Kenobi and Darth Vader, broke my heart several times. I was kind of iffy the first time I watched it. I was hoping for a little bit more between the, them two. Mm -hmm. But the more I watched it, I kind of, okay, I didn't need anything else. I, see, I think everything worked well, and we'll talk more about it. Um, any overall thoughts about the finale before we jump into more specifics? I think... Generally speaking, I think the things that needed to get bigger did get bigger, but I also think the things that needed to wind down, they didn't also try to make it go bigger. They also wound yeah. it down. And I think it's it's a thankless job to try to make this fit within an established canon, but I think they uh, they like they did a really good job kind of making it fit mm -hmm. in, in somewhere that doesn't have a ton of space. Yeah, especially when you see the kind of the description of the episode, it, was like, oh, the epic finale or something like that. Oh, it's this only 40 minutes of just action scenes. And now they yeah. were able to kind of wrap up a bunch of things. And we'll talk about it at the end, but kind of like with Shannon here, she's kind of saying hot take here. I'm probably alone on this, but it has such a wonderful, wonderful resolution and ending. I don't know if I personally want a season two. And I'm kind of that way, because mm -hmm. I've said it before, just give me one season, wrap it up. I think they did enough, not that I'm not begging for a second season, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll get into it as we go along. All right, so let me share our first video from our co-host, Alti, talking about his overall thoughts or general thoughts on the finale. And this is not what I want. I should know how to do this because I've done it plenty of times. All right, sorry, it's taking so long, but it doesn't matter. All right, yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Hey everyone, so like I mentioned to Alberto, I wasn't going to be able to join you guys for this week's episode, which really sucks because, you know, as I mentioned, week week after week, Kenobi, Kenobi's my guy, Kenobi's my favorite character, the show I've been in love with since the very beginning, and I, I really wish I could have been there with you guys, with Arisa, with Alberto, by the way, shout out to our guest, um, so yeah, it really sucks that it can't be there, but thanks to the forest, I've pre-recorded some messages so I can be there in some way, shape, or form. So, regarding the episode, I adored it. I, I got a little bit nervous when the episode started. I saw the runtime. I was like, ooh, it wasn't three hours long like I would have loved. But um, So, I, I clicked start, and maybe those first 10, 15 minutes, I was a little bit nervous. Where is this going to go? Is it going to leave us on a cliffhanger? Are we going to have a season two? So... And we, we were cutting between Vader, Kenobi, and, and Riva, which also gave me some nervous vibes to how the story was going to be structured and how everything was going to play out. But thankfully, I was so satisfied by the end. I, I'm just so surprised how they managed to wrap everything up in just like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I can't remember right now how long it was when you removed the intro and the, the credits, but they did such a masterful job just 
recapping everything, closing everything, and just sending us off to New Hope or even the possibilities of, of season two, which I'm sure Alberto and Arisa will talk about. But so I was very, very happy with how the episode played out in the end. I loved the fight, of course, but I tweeted out the day before it's not about the fight, it's about the characters. And my God, that scene between Anakin and Kenobi just broke my heart. It made me so happy and so sad at the same time. Just like even the goodbye, Darth, like that moment just, ah, oh, it pained me. Like it calls back to that moment in New Hope where he says it like a, a little bit sarcastically. But yeah, no, I, I loved how that played out. I loved Riva's arc. I, I was so nervous that they were going to kill, kill her week after week. I mentioned it like I can't see a possibility where she lives. Thankfully, I'm not writing the show because they saw possibilities for her to be redeemed and just go into the sunset into a new story, which I hope we'll get. But yeah, so those are my general thoughts on the Kenobi finale. I adored it. I loved how it wrapped the entire story and how it sends us into the future or the past because the original trilogy wasn't the best. You guys get it. So yeah. All right. So we'll come back to some of Otis' solid thoughts. Oh, sorry. No, there you are. Sorry. <laughs> not taking it out. Um, I heard from some other people that the jumping back and forth between Anakin, I mean, Kenobi's and Vader's fight and then to Riva kind of took them out a little bit. But that's what Star Wars usually does. In mm -hmm. all the big fights, it jumps between different action scenes. Did you feel any issues with it? Or were you kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, this is part of the course for Star Wars? It's par for the course. Um, I remember a few months ago, I was re-watching the Duel of the Fates lightsaber duel for something. <laughs> I didn't realize, one, how short it is, and two, how much they cut away from it. Yeah. But now in retrospect, it's been 22, 23 years, and nobody seems to remember that it cut away so mm -hmm. much because they always talk about the fight as one thing. And I think that's what our memory is going to become for this, is we can see the Homestead fight with the Larses as one thing, and we can see the Vader... Mm -hmm. And Anakin fight as one Vader and Anakin, the Vader and Obi Wan fight as as one thing, and mm -hmm. I think the tension builds with both of them together. If they'd done it separately, it would have been too much of a wave. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think for that that first time when the confrontation started, I was oh, I hope it doesn't cut. And as soon as it cut, I was oh, dang, oh, that's what Star Wars does. It will come back. Yeah, exactly, it works. But for our talk today, we won't be going back and forth because we're going to get lost. So I kind of divided it in four little sections. And let's talk first about the beginning. Not the way Kenobi leaving. This mm -hmm. transfer is leaving. In the last episode, they said uh, the hyperdrive is down and they're behind us. So we know they're going to have a chase, which Star Wars loves to do. Yes. And then it's gonna, we got the return of... Um, Haja, he's back. Mm -hmm. Our guy, I love Haja Esra since we first saw him. And Roken, both of them are back. So hopefully their story kind of moves. And I'll go back to Kenobi's and Leia's interaction. But I'm so happy with kind of Haja's arc and also Obi-Wan's. In the first time that he meets him, it's like, yeah, you're a rat. And the rat, rats know the sewer better than anyone. I don't trust you all days, all that. Now he's trusting Leia's life on yeah. him. So it's also how he has helped, and not everything Leia herself can always kind of just do this whole arc through the whole season, but that whole scene in the transports, 
I know we know how this story is going to end. Kenobi's not going to die. Leia's not going to die. But did you feel any tension that something was going to happen to someone inside that ship? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect that to be the last time we saw them. I thought that it's it's you know not going to be that easy, and he's going to have to fight mm. Vader, and then he's going to have to go here, and he's going to have to go there. So I don't know. Like watching it the second time, you feel like sort of a the same sort of peace. I guess Obi Wan mm. feels like he knows he's leaving Leia behind, and she's going yeah. to be okay. Like he, like almost like he knows that like through the Force, like he has that certainty. So the first time, I had no idea. I thought I thought something was going to immediately go wrong. But yeah. It also shows why we love Kenobi so much, why I think he's the perfect Jedi. And I know saying perfect and a Jedi is kind of, eh, really? But when I think about well, Jedi, can, yeah, he's, he is perfect. Yeah. When he kind of decides, and I know he did something similar in the previous episode, but when he says, okay, I got to leave, leave them, I got to finish this. And like we just played a little short clip of him You've been sacrificing yourself, protecting the Jedi for 10 years. Let me return the favor. You're the future. And then looking at Leia again, we know what's going to happen. We know why Leia is so important. And just looking at her, you're the future. You're what needs to survive. At that point, you know, okay, this is going to be an emotional episode. Mm -hmm. um, and again, Vivian Lydia Blair killed it in this the whole season. This episode when she's screaming at Kenobi, no, you can't leave me. You promised you're taking me home. And then Kenobi said, I can't. I got to fight this guy um just that little scene of him talking to that to everyone kind of hey i need to do this how did that impact you and then how does that kind of show the character that kenobi is i think kenobi is always like you said a perfect jedi really mm -hmm. like relatively speaking as far as somebody can be perfect he totally understands what it is to live for other people to serve other people to sort of put their interests above his own and i you know you can for better or worse he will do that and i think at this point he he finally understands sort of how to balance that like how to get what he needs he needs to face mm -hmm. vader again but also make sure that everybody else gets away safe and that leia makes it home okay and this is him at the end of the series finally hitting that balance again he hasn't yeah. totally given up on himself he hasn't given up on everybody else he knows he's found his purpose again in this <laughs> scene yeah, and it goes again, and with I'll say what Otto usually says when he we see it. This was supposed to be a movie. When people complain, why did the first lightsaber battle end that way? Why was Kenobi so weak? Why isn't he using the force? All the dude, it's because if he away. kills Vader, we don't get episode <laughs> four. Not, yeah, plus it's sick. Yeah, my daughter was. Why didn't he kill him at the end? It, she knows, but you were first because it's Kenobi. He's not gonna kill him. There's reasons for all this. But again, it's a whole perfect arc for almost, I think, every character that we got through this whole season. Portala, which I love, gave him my favorite scene from last episode. And then Kenobi gives little Leia her holster. Yeah, you're 10 years old. I'm not going to give you a blaster, but you won't always be 10. And again, for all of us that know what's happening, it's like, <laughs> no, what are you doing this? He's preparing her for the fight. Yeah. That we uh -huh. all know it's coming. Yes, and then of course how it ties up with the end and everything. But then let's jump to the Star Destroyer. And I love seeing Vader and the Inquisitor inside a Star Destroyer in live action. Again, yeah. When this happened in Rebels, no that is never gonna happen live action. Nothing against Rebels and our animation. But seeing a live action kind of hits a little bit different. Um, but I still love how the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor is like 
We cannot risk everything for a lone Jedi. We gotta finish them. They're gonna take us. And Vader's like, shut the hell up. Can always hold that matter. If the Grand Inquisitor was running things, I think the Empire would have been in power a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, like forget about him. He's an old guy. He won't do anything. Follow the this is the big picture. And Vader doesn't know that. And he tries the same tactic with the Emperor at the end. It's like, yeah, no, it's not gonna work. But yeah, I just love that. And everyone's has the meme now of the Inquisitor's reaction kind of first in his lick and come on, <laughs> I survived for this. Didn't you just learn from Riva and her infatuation with Kenobi? <sighs> but then we go. The so what why didn't they send a TIE destroyer? I mean a TIE fighter. And like you send a TIE fighter after the not the shuttle, but the main escape transfer. You send a TIE fighter. They, you know it doesn't work. Perspective. I know That's they're their just they we have all this big equipment. Every movie they say the ship is too small for blasters. Then sanitize anyway. Well, that's the that's the Empire's problem. They think yeah. that they're so big and so powerful that they can let them get away for now. They'll get them later, and then they constantly let the rebels slip through their fingers because they think they've got it handled, and they don't. Yeah, I think we we talked about this before in one of the other review episodes. Yeah, the Empire they're not the best. They kind of mm-hmm. lose focus when it matters, but. Yeah, before we continue, Nor Holly said Vivian Lira Blair was amazing. She'd be for, perfect for our Leia Princess of Other in live action in a few years. That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Dale is adding, I think we should get a live action rebel type show with all the characters from Kenobi with cameos of Kenobi, Bale, Hera, Sabine, maybe some others. I mean, Ahsoka might have a lot of those rebel characters, so we'll see what happened there. All right, but the big fight is coming. Kenobi goes down to the planet. Vader says, forget about them. Turn the whole ship around and then just give me my little shuttle because I'm going there by myself. And then we know, okay, it's coming. The rematch of the century, everything is happening. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's caught up on that line. Otis adding, the Empire is so arrogant that they fall into incompetence. Yes. And I mean, our other friend Andres from... 60 Minute talks a lot about, um, ah, what's his name from Rogue One? Um, Krennic. Krennic. I want to say Kendrick. It's not Krennic. I haven't seen an incompetent middle manager. So, yeah, they're all the same. Yeah. Okay. They go to the planet, and we have it. Are you, what do you say? Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? Then he says I the thing. That's the thing. He's We've been waiting. Thing. Yeah, I said the thing. Were you the ready? The whole theater started screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, again, right. You're not, how, give me that experience. Because I'm by myself at 5 in the morning, quiet, not to wake everyone at home. How was it out there for everyone? Well, that was also me. So, I got up at 3 <laughs> to watch it. So, I watched it alone at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I found out after during the Q&A the what's it called the moderator asked everybody you know who got up early to watch it sure it was maybe a handful of people in the theater had seen it already so most people hadn't so when kenobi's like i will do what i must and the lightsaber comes out and he goes into the position <laughs> everybody was screaming their heads <laughs> off. oh man that's one of those things where were you when that happened oh man i would love to have been there uh, but they yeah should, they should honestly screen this in a theater like i know we've all seen it by this point but it's it's a really cool experience yeah, at least the last two episodes. I think they yeah. work well as a as a whole movie. They're almost like an hour and a half between both of them. Yeah. 
But then we have the great lightsaber battle. Does it, is the epicness of Duel of the Fates, depends what you're looking at it. But I love how raw it was, how they're just throwing everything at each other. They're headbutting, Vader's throwing boulders. Kenobi tries to throw one and Vader's like, eh, get the hell out of here. And kind of hits him with a similar line like, oh, I can't remember what it was, but your fail, your growth stronger, but your failure still remains or your weakness, something like that. That's why you will always lose. Breaks the floor, throws everything at him. How are you feeling for Kenobi at this point where he's just buried under all that rubble? Well, I couldn't believe that for the second time in my life, I have to watch a favorite character named Ben <laughs> get thrown into a pit. Um, <laughs> like it's weird. If I had a nickel, I'd have two nickels, but it's weird that it happened twice. Um, <laughs> but like it's like you were saying earlier, the tension of is he going to survive isn't there because we know mm. he's going to be fine. But it's the, is this the end of the fight? Is he going to rally himself enough mm-hmm. to like push back or is he going to wait for Vader to leave and then kind of dig his way out? Like, I don't know. But I think the way he left the pit, like he's being kind of crushed by his guilt, mm-hmm. his memories of Anakin and what went wrong. And then remembering that he's doing this for Anakin's children, kind of bolstering him enough yeah. to sort of push the box <laughs> away and jump out was such a powerful moment for this character. Like he has yes. officially fully turned his, his light back on mm-hmm. and he's letting the force like really flow through him. Yeah. And that, again, it's, I said it probably every episode that we've done here is when people have complained, Oh, the writing of this show, it's what's bringing it down or whatever. It's, no, the writing is one of the best parts in the whole mm-hmm. series. And using that, cause yeah, all he's hearing is Anakin and just his memory of him failing. And it's when he starts remembering why why is he doing this? Who is he doing this for? The twins, Leia, everything that they brought to him, remembering Luke, and then kind of breaks out and does a little jump, very similar to how he got out of the pit in Phantom Menace. It's a little skip over. And I don't know if it mirrors. It mirrored for me. I try not to make a bunch of those comparisons, but it reminded me of The Last Jedi, which I said is not my favorite movie. But has a great quote by Rose when she said, we're going to survive or we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, protecting what we love. It's like, that's what he did. If he was just focused on Anakin and his failure, he'll be dead. No, I got to go there because these are the people that I love that I got to protect. And that's how he's able to get out and then get the upper hand. Ah, You you said the Phantom Menace. It reminded me of one thing. When he and Vader are fighting, there's a moment where Vader kind of hits him. Mm-hmm. While he's got his arms raised and he kind of like throws his head back, that looks so much like oh, Maul hitting Qui-Gon right yeah. before he stabbed him. But Vader doesn't stab him. He like, yeah, like Obi-Wan kind of moves out of the way. So yeah. like he's also learning from these moments that mm-hmm. like really affected his life. Like this is how Qui-Gon died, and he almost died the same way. Yeah. Like, and then if you want to keep away from it. Yeah, you wanna keep adding then when Maul comes out in a few years, which after this first like Maul, get the hell out of here. Why why are you even challenging Kenobi now? But he learned because Maul comes with the same move he was going to do to Qui-Gon, baited him into it, and then just slash him through the middle. But let's say hi to our friend, Blue Mama. How you doing? She says, hello there. I will never forgive my Cineplex for not showing it here. We're all on that same boat. It's very, and, very mismanaged. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, that is why you will always lose is what Vader said. And then could you remind me why you're in that suit? Yeah. He never actually lost. Oti said it last time. Every time they fight, Obi-Wan always comes on top. <sighs> but then Kenobi just goes feral. 
He starts <laughs> hitting him in, after he gets hit. Starts hitting with the, the rocks. Yeah, before that, he grabs the, I think it was before that, the lightsaber hill starts hitting him in his little breather thing in the center chest, oh, yeah. throws all the rocks, and then does the slash across the face. Before we get to the slash across the face, I'll say, because this was one of the parts that bothered me a little bit, that I thought was a little bit out of character for Obi-Wan, was him lifting all the rocks and throwing him, throwing them at Vader, kind of, eh, didn't I don't think Obi-Wan would do that. Again, first time that I saw it kind of bothered me a little bit. I thought he was just kind of lunging everything, he just kind of raised his arms, everything came up and then just did one and that was it. Do you have any issues with that scene or is it just me? I think for me, the way I kind of rationalize it, because Obi-Wan, you're right, is not usually the type to get into this big force-wielding bombast. That's not his deal. But to me, Obi-Wan is the guy who has spent the last, he will spend 20 years since Anakin's death determined not to kill him. And I think mm -hmm. this is an extension of that is like, if he's like, if I bury him under the rocks, if I incapacitate him, I can leave and let his breather system fail mm -hmm. and he'll just die on his own, which I think is what Obi-Wan is constantly hoping for. So I feel like that's how I rationalize it is he's just giving his all to just unplug Vader's yeah. Breathing so that he can die that way and not have mm -hmm. to kill him. That's that's what it felt like to me. But I agree that it's kind of a bit bigger than Obi Wan usually does. Yeah. Usually does. So that's one of the only things that kind of bothered me a little bit. But again, the more I watch, it doesn't matter. It's like two seconds. Yeah. But then it leads to what we were all waiting for, and it's that final talk between I'll say Anakin. We can debate if it's Anakin and Vader are two different characters or whatever. Anakin and Obi-Wan having that talk and let's start with Obi-Wan seeing the face for the first time, seeing Anakin's face for the first time. That's when he that's how he reacts. Anakin. And then I'm just gonna read the whole thing. Sorry, I won't be able to do the voices because then I'll start crying for a sec. But he goes, Anakin, and then Anakin is gone. I am what remains. Which again, all right. Don't kill me. You're already, I am what you made me, and then I am what remains. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. And that's Anakin talking. Yeah. That's not Vader. For a split that's second, Anakin. it's absolving him of everything. I, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. The same way I will destroy you. And then, then my friend is truly dead. Goodbye, Darth. Like Otis said on his first thought, that's the next time that he sees them. He's, oh, just a master of evil, Darth. And then he leaves. And then, Obi-Wan! Obi-Wan! And everyone just screams his name so great. But what got me, apart from everything in that conversation, is how well they decided to use the voice changing between both, between mm -hmm. Anakin's and Vader with the modulation kind of being all messed up because of the strike. How much did you cry? I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't, I don't cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm angry, but I felt it yeah. so much. And like, I can't get the, I, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan, yeah. out of my head. Because it's yes. like that, it's the same thing we see with, with Kylo Ren Ben Solo, like when, when he like kind of goes and comes back, like between the yeah. two. Mm -hmm. And you can see him like, him going you don't quite know where he stands. Is he absolving his master? Or is he going, mm. you were too weak. Like Anakin was too weak. Vader is strong. And like that, is that the point he's making? 
And the fact that you don't know that is devastating, that you don't know quite where Anakin mm -hmm. is coming from or where Vader is coming from. But it's such a good exchange. The writing is so strong. Mm -hmm. The performances were top tier. Yeah. Like, yeah, then just the writing, the editing, the way they use the lighting. Everyone has said it when he's kind of talking sometimes, it's the blue of the lightsaber hitting his face. Then it turns to a red when he says, the same way I'm going to destroy you. Then that's Darth Vader talking. And I had said when they came out, one of the spoilers, I kind of said, that was another thing. I wanted more to what we were all expecting. Oh, Obi-Wan once thought that you did, like there was good in Vader. I was kind of hoping for a more kind of direct link. But the second or third time I seen the, the episode, no, it's there. When he says, yeah. you didn't, it's not your, I'm not your failure. You didn't kill Anakin. I did. And then, well, then my friend is truly gone. It's okay. He's kind of saying right there, whatever good I believe was still in you, it's gone. Yeah. It's more machine now than man. But yeah, that whole, the whole season was riding, the whole series when it was announced was kind of riding on that interaction. Yeah. And I think for those, what, 45 seconds or whatever that it lasted, it's going to go down as one of the greatest kind of scenes in Star Wars, at least for my, mm -hmm. on my part. But Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, we all talk about that you were the chosen one, you were my brother yeah. from Revenge of the Sith. And this is like the other side of that same conversation, yeah. but it doesn't have the, the anger and the shock anymore. It's closure now. Yeah, which is what he needed because at which the end, what that's he what needed. helps him. <sighs> so much and then I also see it as we all blame Kenobi for lying to Luke in A New Hope oh you told me Darth Vader killed my father uh, technically I mean was this not your interpretation yes 100% yeah it's I'm telling it's nice you the truth it's confirmed it's nice that it's confirmed I think we all I think we all kind of got there that like yeah but then it's interesting that now that Obi-Wan telling Luke that he's using Anakin's words, whereas like before this, I thought he was twisting the truth. Yeah. He's like, he's just making it up on his own. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Darth Vader, like spiritually killed your father, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah. To me, it's there. He yeah, said it's hundred percent there. Oh man. But it's, it's one of those scenes that I want to keep watching, but I can't because I can't hope emotionally I can't hand it too much because that scene like you mentioned events of the Sith is one of my favorites oh you were my brother Anakin and all that you're supposed to ah oh man but yeah like you said it's just a, the other side of it just kind of accepting what happened and finally resolution and then again like we mentioned it's all we want yeah he didn't kill him because yeah we have a new hope but even if a new hope is not there Kenobi wasn't gonna kill him. It's like, like this is you. To. You you decided this faith to Anakin. Kind of you have to live with it. Which then again goes to when he talks to Riva at the end of this episode. Also, which, yeah, she didn't die. We I'm didn't. so happy she didn't die. I, we'll get to that in a few. But I was so scared when she pulled out the lightsaber. I'm like, don't kill yourself because I will throw the TV. Uh huh. And I'm I so thought something glad. else was gonna happen, but I'll tell you when yeah. we get there. Yeah, all right. So let's see what Oti had to say about the fight. 
Hello there. It's me again. So uh, sorry, before he goes, I just have to cut him off at least once during the show. <laughs> I've, only, I've only watched the first video that he sent me. I haven't watched the other one, so I'll react to this the same way I've first time I listened to this. So we'll go from there. Some thoughts on the fight. I love the choreography. I loved seeing, you know, seeing Vader and seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting. It's like this reconciliation of the prequels and the original trilogy coming together in this scene. And my God, the minute, you know, he, he does the pose, I, this massive smile and joy took over me and I was crying. I, I was crying. I was seeing my favorite characters just like bash the crap out of each other. And it was emotional. Like uh, that moment when Vader's traps him in the, and the whole, I was, by the way, I was waiting for the high ground comment. Thank God it didn't come because that would have been so cheesy. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I love, you know, the emotion. And you can see both of them are angry. You have that moment when uh, uh, Kenobi lifts those rocks and throws it at, at Vader, which, by the way, Alberto did comment that it felt out of character in, in his initial thoughts, which I did the same thing. I, I thought it didn't really sit right with me. It actually didn't even sit right with me that he was the first one to ignite the saber. But, you know, Kenobi's a flawed character. He he maybe started out in anger and lashing out at Vader, and by the end we see him just like, I'm not going to continue this, what calls back to what Luke did in, in Return, Return of the Jedi. And uh, that, that resolution is just, as I mentioned, it, it'll be with me forever. Like, Kenobi just choosing not to continue the cycle of violence, choosing not to continue to feed Anakin's anger, which is an anger that will never be fed because he, it, it's insatiable. It, it will never stop. So I love that scene between them and, you know, the, that revelation of, you know, revelation of sorts when Anakin tells him like, oh, you, you didn't kill Anakin. I killed Anakin. And that gives Kenobi that kind of peace that, you know, this isn't me. This is, this is all on him. I Yes, I played a role. Maybe I, there were things I could have done better that could have helped. But this is 100% on Anakin Skywalker, not on me or, or Darth Vader, whatever. But I love that moment. For me, it ties directly to the Obi-Wan once thought, once thought as you did when Kenobi just... And that moment, I, I feel he realizes there's nothing left here. I think he was hanging on to some sort of thread. And when he sees that eye, he's like, oh, my God, that, that's Anakin. He's still there. And that minute, you know, Vader just closes the door completely on it. And I love the the saber colors, right? We see the blue, then the red, very similar to, to Force Awakens with Kylo. So I love the fight. I But more than anything, I love their conversation. All right, so similar to what we kind of talked about already, um, I just want to highlight our friend Rachel is here. Hi, Rachel, for joining us. And I'm here and stating that Roken broke her. Um, so we didn't get a chance. I think that kind of wraps it up a little bit for the fight and the conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan. We talked a little bit about Roken at the beginning, but where do you see this character going forward now? Because Obi-Wan kind of tells him, hey, you're a born leader. People follow you. Don't stop. I'm just beginning. Where do you see Roken going? I see Roken kind of continuing what he does and maybe eventually getting folded into the Rebel Alliance. 
in a more official capacity because Rokin's the one who takes Leia home and Bale runs the Fulcrum network. He probably meets her, it meets him while he's there. So I feel it could be a very natural fit for, for Rokin and for Haja to get kind of folded into Fulcrum, into the Rebel Alliance and yeah. all that. Are we seeing any of these two characters in the Andor series? Ooh, I don't know. I'd like that. I'm, I hadn't even I, thought of that. I think Roken, I, I want to say that Roken fits perfectly in the Andor <gasps> series. So, Oh, I hoping. didn't even think of that. I like that. All right. You heard it here first. So yes. We'll <laughs> we broke the story. Yes, we'll do it, hopefully. I mean, because, again, if you get great actors and you create all these new characters and you get stories coming out that kind of follow similar vibes of what he's going to be doing, plus Haja helping with the path and everything else going out there. There's talks of a Cal Kestis series. I want Riva to get her own series, her own series mm -hmm. to atone, and we'll talk about that. Give us more rock and bring Haja also. I love Haja. All right, so let's go now. Let's talk about Riva. Okay. And Riva versus the Lars is how I have it on my notes. <laughs> and everyone loves Beru, and we'll get to Beru. But that's where the episode starts with Riva going to Tatooine. She's all messed up from the fight. <laughs> Rachel saying her her wife Riva. Uh, my wife Riva deserves her own series. I agree. There's a lot of potential and something new that we haven't seen in Star Wars. But Riva gets there. Where the hell is Owen? I'm looking for this farmer, Owen. Tell me where he is. Let's just get to the point. So Owen learns that she's coming, tells Beru, we got to get the hell out of here. And Beru's like, I ain't leaving my house for anyone. I got blasters. I got a shotgun. We're going to defend. We're not going to put anyone in danger. We knew this day was going to come. Mm -hmm. And always like, oh crap, who did I marry? She's gonna <laughs> save me. Um, so everyone knew in... what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. So everyone loves Beru because mm -hmm. I was, where the hell is Beru? She was in the casting, she's gonna be here. It's the last episode, where the hell is her? There's, he, she's here. If she was in the first episode, this would have lasted two episodes. Um, did you love, I mean, everyone loves Beru, but that whole sequence in the house. Just oh, I loved it. Give me through it when Riva gets there, the whole thing. So I loved the time we got with the Larses because I think up till now, we've kind of made a lot of assumptions about them. Like we assume they love Luke because, you know, because they don't want him to go yeah. be exposed to Vader. They're worried about him. They want like we assume all that. Mm -hmm. But when we see like that, they fully get the responsibility of raising this kid and they know what that means. And Baru was ready with the arsenal <laughs> just tucked in the kitchen wall and, <laughs> and like how much Owen is willing to just abandon everything he has to protect mm -hmm. his family. Like I now want a princess of Alderaan style book about Luke and the Larses. Oh, nice. Like that. I would love to spend a lot more time with that. Mm -hmm. Baru is a badass. We love uncle Owen, like just a tough guy who married a very tough lady and is just <laughs> completely in awe of her. So I loved this sequence. It wasn't like, it wasn't an unrealistic level of mm -hmm. fighting for two farmers. It's like two people who live sort of in the middle of nowhere and kind of know how to defend themselves because they have to. Yeah. And that's and even, enough. Yeah. Owen kind of mentioned when he brings Luke and tells him, hey, the Tuscans are raiding. We got to get out of it. So, so, you know, they've gone through yeah. similar things before. So, yeah, like you yeah. said, it's realistic. It's not like, oh, it doesn't make sense. It's funny because we, 
not we all, but I'm sure some people were, oh, when Beru's here, where's the blue milk? She's going to be making the blue milk. Get that out of here. She's ready to kill anyone that comes between the her. The blue milk's in the fridge right now. She <laughs> needs to kill somebody. It's when we come back. It'll be ready when we come back. Uh, but yeah, the whole sequence was great. And of course, when Riva gets, and Owen, you had a clear shot. No one's in front of you. And he missed like by two meters. Riva's like there and he just, bam, just to the sides. But then, of course, Riva, oh, you really love the boy like he's your own. He is my own. Oh, come on, Owen. Yes, perfect. Beautiful. It's like we always talk about Bale and Brea. Oh, they're so great. We need more of them. And now we got the other side. And yeah, like yeah. you just said, we need more with, with Owen and with Beru. They're not just, ah, you'll go next season. You got to help me with the droids and whatever. Oh, they love him so much. As a they, parents, it's, oh, man, I love you. I think they... They call themselves aunt and uncle to him. That is somehow like yeah. that is the relationship they set up. And yet he's their son, like <laughs> in every way that matters. Like yeah. they are his parents in every way that matters. And I think because you know, Luke, like the, I am your father and I'm a Jedi, like mm -hmm. my father before me, we get so caught up in Vader yeah. being Luke's dad that we don't realize that, like, when you get down to it, Owen is Luke's dad. Yeah. Owen's the guy, Owen and Brewer are the ones that raised him. Like, you know, they taught him to read and bandaged his knees and like fed him and loved him and took care of him. And like, yeah. so I think in that one line, Owen is making very clear, like I, he calls me uncle, but this is my son. Yeah. It's like, no, Hallison, uncle Owen vindicated. Mm -hmm. And also again, with the ending, when Ken always talking to Leia about her parents and she looks at Bale and Brea, like, I know you don't need to tell me more about my parents. Uh, so blue milk. Uh, she's saying she has something Beru to show on so we gotta be looking out for that. Otis Allen, she's shooting the blue milk in the face. <laughs> get there. And Rachel, she's the definition of you found out. Yeah, don't don't get <laughs> yeah. Owen and Beru raise a Jedi. That's right. Mm -hmm. They did. All right. So unfortunately, they're fighting against an inquisitor that took the upper hand, even though Beru smacked her across the across the face. Funny. <laughs> Hell out of yeah. I didn't notice the first time. I thought she hit it with something, but then when I watched it this morning, it's like, no, she goes, yes, slap. Um, but everything was great with that scene. Luke runs to the mountains, and then Rivas chugging behind. Kenobi kind of senses something is wrong. I guess she wasn't too far away from Tatooine, jumps to hyperspace, and gets over there. But before that, we just talked about how great the editing and the writing and everything was in that fight and the conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. But you can tell me that the way they edited that scene with Riva, Luke is unconscious, and the way it cut to young Riva in that same position, to Riva against Vader with Anakin in Order 66, stabbing her or trying looking that she, he's going to stab into, then Vader to, then her to, now she's going to, that whole scene, again, it's, the people say that movies are made or lost in the editing floor, mm -hmm. and that scene is, come on, that's top tier anything, it just works so great, and again, yeah, Luke is going to survive, is he? Because it was great. Yeah. Just your feelings in that scene, and then just as he, she takes Luke back to the noise. The editing, like you said, was absolutely heartbreaking it was absolutely brutal um just because this we this is not the first time we've seen reva kind of cut back and forth to her childhood memories mm -hmm. but 
before this, it was always about her own fear in the moment and like what was happening to her. And this is the moment where she's cutting back and forth with the memory, but now about what she has become, mm-hmm. what she's going to do. And her memories are now making that clear. And that's where she flips. Yeah. Because she realizes how far, how far gone she is. Yeah. Which is great. Even later when she's talking to Obi-Wan and we'll get to what she mm-hmm. says, she doesn't need to say it because it's right there. It's yeah. like, that's for people that like people always say, you have no media leaders. literacy is right there. But in case you didn't notice, we'll just say it. <laughs> Let me just explain it to you really quick. Just, a little bit there, like a two-year-old. <sighs> but yeah. That was great. And no hard design. Love the attention to detail, how Owen fell, and then he had the same limp like he did in A New Hope. Yeah, that was a hard fall. He did hit himself a little bit harder. Yeah, it kind of tracks. But yeah, I just love that. That whole scene, it's like, yeah, he's not going to kill him. But was I was thinking, oh, then Obi-Wan's going to get there and he'll stop her. Someone's going to stop her. She stopped herself. Yeah. But, and then she brings him back, which is, oh, so great. Hansen I thought the, someone was going to stab her when she was like about to say, I thought Obi-Wan's going to show up yeah. and just stab her in the stomach. <laughs> like, no, don't kill her. I, yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm glad he did it. I'm very glad he didn't. But. Yeah. So let's get to that point. So it's the end. She brings Luke back, puts him down. She's on her knees crying. Owen and Baru don't care that she's still there with a the lightsaber. They run straight to Luke. Look at her pulling. Pull, I'll say when she was carrying Luke, all kind of dangling, reminded me of when my son falls asleep on my bed and I have to carry him <laughs> to his bed. I'm like, oh man, why are you so heavy at two in the morning? She <laughs> reminded me. So I'm like, oh, okay, I know, I, fe- I felt that. But she, could, she goes, I couldn't do it. Again, this is just, again, Moses Ingram, hat off to you, you did great in the whole series, but that scene. I wish it wasn't too dark, the whole at least on my TV, it was a little bit dark, but I love everything. Uh, I couldn't do it. I failed them. He killed them all, and I couldn't do it. And then, again, our, our boy, you haven't failed them. By showing mercy, you have given them peace. Have I become him? Again, this is, I'm destroying this line because the delivery is what sells this, the way she did it. Have I become him? No, you have chosen not to. Who you become now, that is up to you, which is what some other redeemed Jedi out there didn't get you know who I'm talking about <laughs> this is where I thought it was going when she took her lightsaber off her belt and she puts it on the grass like she you know tilts forward to do mm-hmm. that I thought she was about to fall down and then disappear <laughs> because this is what I've been taught to expect just... but she gets to sit back up and live a life and and work like atone for what she's done and work through her her pain and her trauma, and I just could not be happier. Yes, so that's I've been saying <laughs> since Justice for Ben Solo. Again, yes, Rachel. <laughs> I think at that part, mostly think about you guys and oh man, if they kill her, this is not gonna end well. Um, but I've been saying since the beginning, there's no way they're gonna kill her, at least in my book, just because you can't real life kind of bring another African-American into Star Wars, another African-American woman especially, and then just kill her off the first time we see them. Yeah, It's a series. She's been there for four or five hours, so a little bit better than just a, a movie where they kind of fall off. But so glad that it didn't happen. Glad that redemption, not even redemption, because she's not re- really redeems like can always say what you do now is what's gonna matter. 
Linda Gray can always, he helped her up. Now you're free. Now we're both free. Like, mm -hmm. Our past is gone. Now what we do is what's gonna matter. So a little bit afraid, like you said, when she pulled her lightsaber down, I'm like, don't turn that thing on and kill yourself because I'm gonna be mad. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. More Riva books, TV shows, whatever. Give her her backstory, her going forward, helping all the Jedi find the path. She runs into Cal Kestis. Give me that series. Some people, maybe she appears in the Fallen Order sequel. Oh, maybe. We'll see. All right, so let's see why our co-host Oti had to say about Riva. I can't hear him. I don't know if you can. Oh. By the way, justice for Aunt Beru. Sorry. I was oh, now so I can hear him. that she didn't yeah. die. I, that scene broke me. It really hooked. By the way, justice for Aunt Beru. Oh my God. That The minute she's like, no, and we're going to fight, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I love Aunt Beru in this episode. I was so angry that she didn't get like any screen time before, but. Man, this episode just like justice for Aunt Beru, <laughs> and you know Owen, he he also was badass in this episode. You, don't mess with the Lars's kid. <laughs> like, don't mess with him. You, you're gonna get burned. It doesn't matter if you're a badass Sith esque person. Like you, you don't mess with them. So uh, Riva. So it was surprising to me that she was gonna go after Luke to get revenge on Vader and. Uh, that was one of the things that had me a little bit nervous. Like, where's the story going? But my God, I was so happy with how it all wrapped up. She just couldn't get herself to um, strike down Luke and just bringing him back and talking with Kenobi. And oh my, Moses Ingram was great in that scene. Just She was sobbing and just couldn't even speak. It was so powerful. And just that moment when she's like, how I turned into Vader and Kenobi tells her, you chose not to. That just goes to the core of Star Wars. Everything we do is a choice. Nothing's predetermined. Nothing is set in stone. We choose our path. We choose who we want to be. And in that moment, Riva chose to let go of that hate. She chose to let go of that anger. And she chose to just go into the light. She's not, I don't think she's going to, you know, seek out the ways of the Jedi. But she chose a new path for her, for herself. And she chose to move on instead of being stuck in that horrible thing that she had to go through. And I was so, again, as I mentioned in the general thoughts, I'm so happy I didn't write the show because I, I really didn't see it any other way for her to, her story to wrap up. And they, it was so, so brilliant. I loved how Riva's story wrapped up. Great. Yeah. Big so great. we're all kind of in agreement. And yeah. It's one of those things when I was before, I don't want to bring it back to uh, Return of Sky, uh, Rise of Skywalker, but I was in the boat that there's no way you can redeem Kylo Ren, Ben Solo at this point. He's done too much. But the way they did, it's like, okay, I'm not a movie writer. I don't write scripts or whatever. They did it great. So again, a lot of people, the only way for Riva is to die at the end and all this, they know. Yeah. They know how to do stuff. And then we get hit with the Return of the King finale. We got like seven <laughs> different endings. 
I, that is exactly what I thought. I was like, this is return. The, the theater burst into applause after Vader's ending because yes, they yes. thought that was the end. Mm -hmm. And then it cut to something else. And then it cut to something else. So they, <laughs> like, they didn't start clapping again until the credits came up because they thought it was going to be another Return of the King thing. Yeah, they learned. But I, I thought the same thing, but I was afraid, not afraid, I was still going to be disappointed if that was the end because there's mm -hmm. so much, again, I'm still waiting for Qui-Gon. I've been saying this yeah. every day in the first episode. Uh, so I'm waiting for that. But the way it was cut, it's like, okay, this is the ending. But we go back to Mustafar, Vader, we see the hologram. I know he's going to mention because all this has been saying since our <laughs> kind of speculation, there is no universe where the Emperor doesn't show up. And I mean, he's not going to show up. He'll be in Andor. He was there, so I had to shut my mouth. So I'm sure he'll mention it in his thought. But then, can I, I mean, Vader still think he's talking to the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, we're going to launch everything. All our probes are out there. He won't escape us this time. And the Emperor's like, eh, what? I wonder if your thoughts are clear, Lord Vader. If your past cannot be overcome. He says something else. But then, if your past cannot be overcome, then Vader goes like, Roop. Kenobi means nothing. And he's back to bed. It's like for a split second, he was still kind of Anakin back there. Yeah. Like, and it's like, are you, are you done? And then it's like, okay, I'm back. I'm sorry. And then we get the Imperial March. Because I've been saying the music, I've been waiting for those classical themes. They did it great because it's not that now he became Darth Vader. It's like, okay, now he's back in that Imperial mindset. Like, okay, Kenobi doesn't matter. It's everything else. So now we get the theme and they kind of face to black. Um, were you surprised seeing the Emperor there and then that whole kind of ending? And where does Vader get all his helmets? Because it's going like through three already. That's no I black think they, make, they make him extra yeah. because they know how dramatic he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to have some on standby. But um, I liked Vader's ending. I thought the use of both his kind of like, like you said, like he's this very angry Anakin mm. and then the emperor kind of goes, are you sure? And then kind of like becomes Vader again. Mm -hmm. Mixing that with the Imperial March is kind of like pulling us now into the story we know already. It's like, it's yeah. like ombre color. It's like slowly turning into a new hope or I guess yeah. Rogue One because that comes first. It's like mm -hmm. slowly turning into to the Rogue One Vader. Because yeah. we've still got about 10 years to get there, but it's it was like a nice way to bridge the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no howl is adding. It makes tremendous sense that Palpatine appeared to give us exposition on the afterthoughts of Vader regarding his fight with Kenobi. And it reminded me also of the comics where Vader kind of goes back and forth into thinking about Kenobi, thinking about Padma, all that stuff. And it takes the Emperor to kind of, hey, if you're going to keep thinking about that, I'm just going to keep torturing you. Like he does in the comics, he does in... Uh, this book, what is it? Something Sith. Um, Lords of the Sith? Yes, Lords of the, Lords Sith, of the Sith. Which he just tortures Vader throughout. Yeah, I just that's yeah. the first audiobook I got. It's every time he talks about his past, he's getting shocked with lightning. So I think he's like, oh, I don't want to go through this again. Um, see, Rachel was going to get you. Did you forget about Rogue One? But no, you, you said it. You said it. I did not. <laughs> It's a delay. I would never dare forget about Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people say, oh, this is my new favorite trilogy. And so they see Kenobi and then A New Hope. It's like, oh, Rogue One is still there. And then with the ending, because we keep going, then we have 
Kenobi and Leia saying goodbye. We we go to Alderaan. Little Leia's getting dressed, same way we saw her, but no handmaidens, no one helping her. She's doing her hair. She still had the gloves on that she got on that mm -hmm. second episode. She got the holster. Brea comes. Is that like a holster? Sorry? Wearing boots like Obi-Wan does instead of the boots. little princesses. Yeah. Oh, man. Love everything about that. Brea's like, I love it. Let's go. Bail sees her as all parents as... My daughter's growing. She's going to be 12 in a few weeks. So every time I see her growing, like, oh, man, you're growing too fast. Is that close? Okay. How am I going to react to this? He kind of sees her with the holsters, like, eh, okay, I'll let it pass. Then, okay, if we're going to do this, there's a few things I want to change. So we'll change them together. Oh, again, another dad that knows. Dad is not just hitting you right here. Oh, 100%. You know me. All those, this is where I cried. In a few yeah. minutes, when Obi-Wan is talking to her, the first time I saw her and freaking Leia's thing comes on, that's when I broke down. But now yeah, she has that conversation with her her parents. If I'm, uh, you said there were many ways to lead. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to want to change a few things. Then we'll change them together, which, of course, if you've read uh, all the other books, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, all that stuff is like, yeah, Bailey's there helping her through... The, well. the everything that junior senate leak or what it's called and obi-wan gets there she runs straight straight to lola as any kid will do let me say hi to the dog first <laughs> and then they i mean first he talks to to bail i fear for a future the empire is going bolder if you need my help again you know where to find me again this whole arc the first episode or the yeah don't call me. I got to be here for the boy. Find someone else. Bail has to go there, smack him across the face a little bit. And now it's like, you know where to find me. Uh, yeah, tears. Tears to everyone. And Rachel Salberto definitely is not cried. Almost. I was almost there. But that conversation also with, between Kenobi and Leia, specifically telling, hey, I didn't tell you about your parents. And then he goes down the list of all the traits that she kind of inherited. Mm -hmm. We have Leia's, Princess Leia's theme oh. rising in the background. So great. Again, it was a great per choice. perfect way to, to put in this scene. But how did you feel through this whole scene? I just I love everything about it. And then with Leia just kind of looking at her parents there. To, yeah, you don't need to tell me more. I have my parents right here. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think we've been talking about closure this whole time. And I think this is what all of them needed with each other. Because the last time Bale and Obi-Wan saw each other before this series, Padme had just died and they both yeah. just had these newborns to take care of. So they didn't really get a chance to sort of decide what their relationship is going to be like now because they were in panic mode for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So they kind of have that. And it's heartbreaking knowing that the next time Bale calls Obi-Wan, as far as we know is episode four and they're never going yeah. to see each other again. And then Leia asking Ben, am I ever going to see you again? He's like, maybe one day. And then we know that they're never going to see each other again. So that we know of, I, yeah. you know, Star Wars is told out of order. I could be wrong, but so that I really liked. And then him kind of telling her about her parents is him kind of finding his own closure on these two people that he loved very much. And Leia kind of taking that and being like, okay, 
that's all I need to know. But my parents yeah. are right here. Mm -hmm. Like the, the parents who, who love me, who raised me, who matter to me the most are right yeah. here. And great. I, I, I can add anything else. But it goes to kind of mirrors a little bit <clears throat> with Owen telling Riva he's my own mm -hmm. and everything that with um, Baru. And then we get it not from the parent side, but from the child side, from Leia's kind of, yeah, I know. My parents are here. Anything I need, it's from, I'll get it from them. Uh, let me see. Before we finish, let me get a few comments. Um, here we get Blue Milk Mama saying, love the Obi-Wan and Bell hug. Again, yes, it kind of goes to what you said. And Rachel is also kind of saying, it. also Bell and Obi-Wan riding to Rogue One and your friend the Jedi. He's there, and yeah, it's perfect. Perfect ending, like, and yeah. then uh, he tells Leia kind of, yeah, just call, call him if you need me. We're gonna be careful because it's gonna put both of us in danger, which again, she sends this kind of coded message with R2. And yeah, they didn't get to see each other again that we know of, and then it's, why? Why is Star Wars stalled in so many different timelines? But then it just kind of changes the story in a better way because we not speculated, but a lot of people, including myself, I said the next time Obi-Wan sees the twins is when they're finally together. And that's when he's okay, my job is done and he can kind of let go. But now it's like, oh, that scene hits 300 times harder because we know everything yeah. that they just went through. And that conversation, that's the last conversation they had for 10 years. Oh man! And then him listening to Leia's recording when R two brings it for him. Part of him is okay. I need the information, and part of it is I can't believe how much she's grown. Yeah, and as she's soon as a, he, yeah, editor now. <laughs> oh yes, because I don't know if he had the hollow net in his little cave, but not. yeah, I know it's he that had season that season two. He <laughs> sets up the internet. Yeah, the Jawa steals it. Well, I forgot the name of the Jawa that comes in big piles, kind of steals his stuff and doesn't clean it. Um, but that's when he kind of wakes up when he sees the message. Okay, you come over with me to Alderaan. We gotta do this. And now when Luke saves Leia, I'm here. I brought your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, oh, where is he? Yeah. Oh, you don't know Ben Kenobi. So why do you care? This is why. so much more now. Yes, and we said it since the second episode. This way, she's gonna name her son Ben because he saved her, and everything else that happened in those three days. <sighs> so, so just like that, Rachel is blaming you. Thanks, Arisu. I needed to cry today. You're so welcome, Rachel. We're here for that. Um. All right, so we finish up in Tatooine. Go talk to Owen. Owen still has to be the gruff guy. What are you doing here? You say you're gonna. Keep away. I will. I brought the toy again because I was thinking, how the hell does Luke get the toy? Because I went through it back in his face. What? Uh, he gets to give it to him. Yeah. The future will take care of itself. Great. Do you want to meet him? Comes back. Little toy. So Luke cute. is so happy. I don't know why. Maybe he saw the toy. Oh, this stranger is bringing me a toy. He did the thing. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> And the yeah, crowd goes wild. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did everyone went nuts oh, yeah. at the theater? Yeah. They were screaming. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I love that they saved it. I love that they didn't do it before. Like um, Oti said, I love that Vader didn't say, now I have the high ground or anything. I'm so happy. 
I was waiting because Vader always have some of those weird dad jokes that he does from time to time. He didn't do any in this season. I was hoping, again, don't say the line. Same with in Solo. You didn't want um, Beckett to say, oh, you shot first or anything like that. Yeah. So hope, thank you that this didn't happen. But then it happened. Qui-Gon Jinn's ghost is here. Took you long enough. I was always here. You, you just weren't you just were not ready to see. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Obi-Wan needed this whole journey to get there, open himself up again to the Force, let go of his past to be able to finally connect with his master. This I was I'm like, is Qui-Gon going to be here? This is ending. He finally showed up. This was what the only part thoughts? that actually made me cry. Like, Yeah. Like emotionally, because like I don't cry very easily, and I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to ever think that means I wasn't moved. I was, but I. But this was the third time, only in the third time I watched it did I start crying. Um, <laughs> but it's the way, it's the way he's just like I was always here, like not yeah. you know the last six weeks since you started trying to call me. Like yeah. I've been here since Ten I died, yeah. like longer. Like I've been here for the last twenty. Like I've never not been with you. <sighs> But I'm gonna. You, I'm gonna say what to Rachel go. said. Don't make me cry. But That's he, right. He, he, just the way he talks to him, you know. Oh, they've been calling Obi Wan old man all season. Granted, he's only like in his forties, but like he's he's you know he's like middle aged and whatever. Mm-hmm. But when Qui Gon talks to him, he's talking to him like he's the boy he raised. Yeah. And Obi Wan is always going to be the boy he raised to him, and that's how much he loves him. And in three lines, it comes across <laughs> like. Yeah, this father has found his son again, and he's like, mm-hmm. "You just needed, you just needed to see me. Like, you needed to be ready to see me." And he's like, "Let's let's go. Like, we're in this together now." Yeah. Now just, that you've kind of healed and found your closure and made peace with the last twenty years, like now we can move forward. Man, I could just think for Qui Gon being there for thirty years, thirty five years, just waiting for. Oh man, you're gonna you're killing me. Uh, but yeah, diving out of a window and attacking the clones and Qui-Gon <laughs> no! just like, I taught you better than what are you yeah. doing? Be mindful of the present. What are you doing? Like, uh, don't be that mindful. Take the yeah. uh, but yeah, it's one of I've been waiting for him since the first episode. Now this is gonna show up. Now it's gonna show up. And it, every time can always had a little quiet moment. And like, here he goes. Here, here he comes. Even at the beginning, when he's kind of by himself before going back to Leia, here he comes. No. But yes, again, they know what they're doing, just waiting to this point. It's like, I was always here. You finally were able to see. I mean, come on, there's still a lot more to do. Let's go find a place. Let's go to the silo of Tatooine, find you a place. Then we'll start your training again. Just so lovely. A great ending oh, to a great series. Hopefully we see more. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want more. So let's go I'll be, there. I'll be fine if we get more. Okay. But if we don't get more, this was a very satisfying ending. Yes. and I, I hope we don't. Oh, man. It's, I don't know. If it's, it's I okay think to I, hope that. It's yeah. okay to hope that. that I'm they, fine if we get another season. But nothing to do with Vader, nothing to do with Leia. Keep it on Tatooine. Bring on the Tuscan Jedi that's been hiding there for 20 years or whatever from the, the comics. Kenobi book. 
do the Kenobi do book. Do the Kenobi book. Bring that plot in. Like, not in exact adaptation, but start bringing that plot in. I'll, say it. I'll start getting bullied again. I haven't read it. I'll read it eventually. Okay. I'll get... <laughs> There's a Tusken Jedi. I know. I've heard about the Tusken Jedi. And what? Ah. All right. It's, maybe. It's like, well, especially because we've done all that with the Tuskens in Book of Boba Fett now. So yes. that you just bring the two together. So there's ways. There's ways to go about it. I'll be fine if we don't get it because it was a great journey. I love everything that we got this season. Just as we're wrapping up our general thoughts on the season. Six episodes might seem short, but I think they did enough to kind of wrap everything that they started at the beginning. Great arc for all the characters that we got. Wish that Tala had survived, but that character kind of, it's not served her purpose, but it's, the way that character was, I think she was destined to sacrifice herself just because how much she had done. Um, but I love that character. Love Tala. Only mm -hmm. got her for about three episodes, but she did so much. And she was one of those ones that pushed Obi-Wan to kind of break out of his funk. Wish that Ned B got a chance to use that hammer that we saw on episode three. He didn't he get. He was ready. He was ready to punch some heads. But I was afraid when we first saw Leia in that first episode, so I didn't want, oh, we don't need Leia now. Why are you bringing this? But again, Shidi Gray was a breakout star of the series. Um, everything with Kenobi and Vader worked great. Vader showed that he was a badass in that first in episode three. Loved the Inquisitors. Give me more Inquisitors. Wish we got the fifth brother a little bit more towards the ending, but I love everything with the Grand Inquisitor, Riva story is going to keep going, hopefully in some medium. So very satisfied, very happy with the whole series. All in all, I don't want to be reactionary, start ranking TV series like everyone is doing because it's right there in, the, in my head. Plus Mandalorian had two seasons, so like eight, 16 episodes against six. Book of Boba Fett had seven. But as a story, I think it's my favorite story that they told in live action TV. Mm -hmm. We'll see where Same. it falls later on, but very happy that our guy Kenobi went through this journey, got closer to him, and then kind of elevates all the movies and all the stories that will come afterwards. So, Arisu, kind of closing up, your general thoughts on the season? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think it really showed, like, the acting was top tier, the mm -hmm. direction, the writing, I think it shows kind of the kind of tight story you can tell when you have one director and like two writers. So they're yeah. treating it like a movie because you don't change, movies don't change hands in the middle unless you're completely recutting it, right? Like you don't put out a cut done mm -hmm. by three directors. So treating it like a, like a movie with the pacing of television, mm -hmm. I think really served it very well. I hope we get more stories like this where they kind of let one, one or two people tell their, story mm -hmm. start to finish so so yeah i think it's my favorite live action tv story that they've done yeah. my favorite maybe my favorite tv story full stop like including the animation yeah so good so mm -hmm. it's i guess boba fett is my all-time favorite character book of boba fett wasn't my favorite has some hit and misses i enjoyed it okay if they if we never got that series obi-wan i'm so happy we got it just but imagine Boba Fett with Robert Rodriguez directing the whole time and like two yeah. people directing the whole writing the whole time. How solid that would have been. 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, right. there's a benefit to the way they've done things. And I mm -hmm. hope that the reception of it makes them a little less hesitant to let one person kind of direct the whole show. Yeah. I know Andor. I know it's, I don't think they have a, a new director for every episode like they do for Mandalorian. Same with writers. I think it's a little bit more compressed, but I'm not 100% sure. But we'll see. That's well, different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as we finish, let's go back to Alti and see what his, th his final thoughts were on the series. This time I did hit the microphone button so you can hear it. And some last thoughts on the show. So as I said, there was not a reality where Ewan, uh, Ian McDermott was you know not on the show. And <laughs> I, called it, I called it and there he was just for a brief scene. Perfect. Just perfect. Teasing Vader, you know, pushing those buttons, isolating him, right? He doesn't want Kenobi anywhere near uh, Darth Vader because he knows the cracks on the mask could come back. We see the same thing with Ahsoka. We see it with Luke in Return of the Jedi. When Vader is close to people who love him, the cracks start showing. So I love that little scene between Vader and Palpatine. Um, again, there was not a reality where uh, Liam Neeson was not on the show, and there he was. Again, I love just a little brief scene between Master and Apprentice, and he, I, I loved what he says. He, he says, I was over, always here. You just couldn't see me. And, you know, it goes to that thing with the Jedi. We're never alone. Calling back to Into the Dark, why don't Jedi cross the Kyber Arc alone? Because they're never alone. They're, they always have the light. They always have all the Jedi, just like Rey. And I love that. It, it was. I would have loved that they had this philosophical philosophical talk between the the Empire uh, uh, about the the Chosen One. If oh, who's the Chosen One? Luke, Anakin. That would have been cool. That would have been like very sexy, but. I love that it's this little moment and basically uh, Qui-Gon going like, you're back. You're back into the light. This is where the work begins. Now we start working on yourself, on your connection to the Force and, you know, everything. I really love that how it how he was used. And, and whether there will be or not be a season two, I don't know. Uh, I think the groundwork can be there. What the show will be, I have no idea. I just... Again, I'll see when McGregor and Liam Neeson just do a sitcom, them living together, and you know, oh, Force goes quiet on hijinks, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, if there's a story, sure, I, I love to see it. I love to see when McGregor back in the role. But for now, I'm totally satisfied with what we we got, and you know, that goes back to my final thoughts on the show. I I love the show. It's probably my favorite Star Wars anything. It's everything I've wanted to see since I walked out of uh, Revenge of the Sith in 2005. I've always known there was a story there, and this just hit all the notes I wanted it to hit, and it hit notes I didn't even know existed. So I love the wrap-up between Kenobi and Leia. I'll never be able to see the original trilogy in the same way again, and that's a good thing. Um, it really recontextualized many things in, in those three movies. And it's just, it's just a testimony to what George did, how he created three films that 45 years later were, were still building on them. And those movies just hold them. It holds everything we've built on. And 
I'm just I love Star Wars, guys. I love Star Wars. That's those are my final final words. I love Star Wars. All right, we all love Star Wars, and I'll end like Otis says. I said this was Star Wars Nirvana. This whole series, um, we agree with his comments. It's a great series overall. So we'll see what happens with season two. I'm kind of hoping to get more kind of Riva focus because I love that character and where it can go forward. Give me a different type of series of uh, passing Quisioto or trying to redeem herself, what she can do moving forward. And you can do some flashbacks to how she, because we don't know how she ended up with the Inquisitors. They got her from the gutter. We don't know how she got there because they left her for dead. So there's stories. Give me a book. He mentioned the Kyber Arc, bringing the High Republic into this. Come on, they don't bring the High Republic. I didn't even think of that. But yeah. he said the Kyber Arc, and I was like, oh my God, the High Republic. <laughs> Wreath, you're never alone. You Maybe need Jedi. Oh, come on, October, High Republic, get here. Honestly. <sighs> All right, Arzu, always great chatting with you. Thank you Especially so much Captain for having Kenobi. Me Not always. And we'll see you here next week, like I mentioned yes. earlier, for the... Original trilogy trivia. Hopefully, Otis is feeling better and he can join us. Um, where can people find you as we wrap up? So you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. That's the best place to find me. Uh, yeah, and then you can find me writing for the Geeky Waffle, writing for Collider, writing the Year of Kenobi on my own site, arzud2.com, and uh, on the Geeky Waffle, hosting the Space Waffles podcast. All right, thank you. Everyone check that out. Great stuff on Collider always when you, you write over there. Again, great things happening for you. I'm so happy. Uh, thanks for all our guests, Blue Milk Mama, Norhal, Rachel, Alti, uh, Dale. Um, who am I missing? I know. Ah. Oh, Shannon. Shannon, thanks for being here. Thank you, everyone. Like mentioned before, make sure you comment it, subscribe to the channel, like and again, most importantly, make sure that you're helping out with the National Network of Abortion Funds and the What Choice Fundraiser. It's blowing up. Thanks to everyone that has donated. Links down in the description of the video. And as always, Arthur, thanks for being here. Thanks to everyone. Stay safe. Be safe. Oh, that's too loud. And may the force be with you.